Hello and good morning to you, my beloved brothers and sisters in the Lord. Of course, it's your brother, Pastor Chida Jacob, and here this morning to share with you today's episode of our ongoing daily fellowship with the Word. Let us pray. Precious Heavenly Father, we thank you this morning. We give you all of the praise and the glory. Thank you for your faithfulness over us. Thank you for your love over us that is eternal. Thank you because we know that nothing on earth in heaven, beneath the earth, living or dead, that is able to separate us from your love. Thank you, precious Father. We give you all the praise for this gift of eternal life that we have. You have brought us into you and you have given us a gift that is eternal life. Thank you because our names are forever and ever registered, legally registered in you. Thank you because you are in us, we are in you. Thank you for this inseparable oneness that we have. We give you all of the praise and all of the glory. Thank you for the gift of righteousness that we have. You have given us your own righteousness so that we can have a perfect stand with you. We give you all of the praise. And you who have done all this, we are grateful for you have also supplied everything we will ever need for this life and godliness. What a mighty God you are. Thank you so much, precious Father. And I pray now for my brothers and sisters listening that their heart may open, the eyes of their understanding being enlightened, that they may absorb, that they may understand to see just what this love means to all of us, that they may understand what the reality of Christ means in their everyday life, in their health, in their careers, in their finances, in their families, in everything that concerns them. Thank you, Heavenly Father, because now we declare that we are now living in the fullness of our reality as Christ. Thank you so much, Father, for all that you have done. May all the glory be yours because only you deserve it. Thank you, precious Father. We give you the praise and we give you the glory. And everyone who prayed with me this morning will say aloud, Amen and amen. And one more time, amen. Don't forget, beloved, today is Saturday. And normally, I would try to do a recap of the week, a message that tries to um, recap uh, what was shared within the week. Don't forget, beloved, I've said this many times. We have no curriculum to finish. We have a life to live. The word of God is life. And I said to everyone around me, you don't know what I'm saying and you have not understood what I'm saying until the word produces the result it is intended to produce. Otherwise, you just have a head knowledge of what you heard. And it's still better you have it in your knowledge. But don't forget what the Bible says in the book of Proverbs. He said, keep my words in your thoughts that they may seep down into your spirit. Keep my words in your thoughts. And we've talked about these things over and over. So on Sunday, I began by recapping what I have preached to you so far. We thank God for the consistency so far. 
and you can see that we are growing from one level of understanding to another. And what does that equate? That equates to God taking you and I by hand, circling around the mountain of righteousness over and over, taking us one step at a time without stress. But as we are circling the mountain, we are actually going up to the peak of that mountain. And what is at the base of the mountain is man, is the limitations of man, limitations of the natural man. That means we are climbing away out of just being natural flesh men to experiencing and living in the fullness of the supernatural life. Friends, don't forget, whatever is born of man is man. Whatever is born of spirit is spirit. And so I began to lay the foundation to let you understand that all I have preached so far have come to this climax. What is this climax? That man is his spirit. That whatever a man is, and don't forget, I don't want to go into the dichotomy of breaking down what is spirit, what is soul, what is mind. Just know that whatever moves a man from within is a combination of things. In other places, we use the word heart. Heart means a combination of a man's emotions, his thoughts, his affections, his will, all that put together. Whatever contributes an energy to move takes the form of a spirit. For example, if you go and say to a man that um, it is not, uh, it is not possible for a man to stay with one woman. Don't forget, it starts with a word, right? It starts with a word. Oh, how, how can a man stay with one woman? It's not possible. A man is supposed to eat okra and then eat, um, you know, eat banana and then eat rice and then eat, you know, uh, like, like human beings are all kinds of foods, right? That we should eat. And then, but those are the kind of stuff that men say. And I say to people, deception is in the word, Right? Just as life is in the words. Don't forget it starts with the word. And so a man welcomes that. Oh, it's not possible for a man to stay with one woman. How, how possible is that, right? It's not possible. And guess what? So it starts by words and then it becomes knowledge when he eats it, right? It stays in him. That staying starts to produce the, the, the emotions. It starts to produce the desires. It starts to produce the possibilities. It starts to show him how. It starts to, every other thing starts to walk around him to bring him to that which is present in his spirit. Friend, that's how this things work. Remember I gave you the example telling you that a man is his spirit, but a man's spirit is molded by words. And whatever is in that man's spirit is what is going to come out. Did you remember? Jesus looked at the Pharisees, the very, the most religious people of his days. Remember, Jesus says, for you to enter the kingdom, right? Your righteousness must exceed the one of the Pharisees. So even Jesus acknowledged that they had a kind of righteousness. And of course, what, how do we exceed their righteousness today? We exceed their righteousness in Christ, right? But they had, humanly speaking, if you knew who these guys were and how religiously they conducted their life, you'd be shocked at when Jesus said to them, you are like whitewashed tombs, right? Outside of you, you look so nice, but inside of you, you are just full of dead men's bones. Ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters, it will not shock you now to know 
that a man can be 100% religious. A man can be a praying machine. A man can be a fasting machine. A man can go to church seven days a week. A man can know how to sing the highest of Christian songs. But that man's heart is not renewed. And how will you know? You will see it in his fruits. His fruits will tell you. His fruit will show you. Haven't you seen very dedicatedly religious people who are very wicked? Haven't you seen them before? Of course, they're all over the place. Friends, listen to what I'm saying to you this morning. I'm trying to recap all that has been said this week. Don't forget, I've said this over and over again. The work of God is to renew our spirit, to give us new spirit. And that's what happened. For example, let me just give you another example. When you hear a man praying for another man to die in the name of Jesus, you can tell that there's no Christ in this man's heart. It's, I, I don't care who you have had said it to. I don't care who is praying it to. But that's a demonstration because Christ came to save and not to kill. Christ came to save and not to kill. And don't forget, when Christ was assaulted, physically assaulted, the Bible gives us the story how he was going from, uh, you know, he wanted to pass uh, from, uh, from a certain city to Jerusalem. And because these people had not, no dealing with Jerusalem, they didn't want Christ to pass their city to Jerusalem. They physically assaulted him, physically blocked his way. His disciples saw it and they were so angry. They went to Jesus and said, shall we now call down fire from heaven to consume these people just like Elijah did? In other words, they quoted from the scriptures. And the Bible said Jesus rebuked them like he would rebuke a demon and said to them, you don't know what comes out of you when you say that. Remember, the other translation just says you don't know what manner of spirit you carry. No, but the correct interpretation is you don't know what comes out from you what comes out of you is the spirit of murder is the spirit of revenge is the spirit of kill and dry and that has nothing to do with christ what did he say he said i came to save men's life and not to destroy them so how is it today that is fashionable that we are using the same name of jesus to kill no sir anybody doing that is just cooperating with the devil that's the simplest way i can tell you so it is so perfect and that is why you can see the way things are beloved. It is so easy for people to be extremely religious but their minds and hearts and spirit are unrenewed. Because how can it be renewed? Because the only way to be renewed, to have a new spirit is when the gospel of Christ is exposed to man. That is when man is exposed to the reality of who Christ is and who he is because of Christ. And when Christ takes a place in his heart, he will not open his mouth praying for a human being to fall down and die. And funny enough, these are just imaginary enemies. He has not gotten to the place that these people physically assaulted you, tried to take your life. Listen to the way Jesus operated. Don't forget he's a model, beloved. What is power? Let me ask you this question this morning. What is power? Remember when they came to arrest Jesus, right? He said to Peter, Peter took out his knife and in order to defend Jesus, pulled out his knife and cut off somebody's ear. Jesus took the ear, cleansed it and put it back and said to Peter, hey guy, look, listen to me, let me tell you. 
if I want fight, eh? If I want war, I will ask, and there will be legions of angels. Just understand what the power of one angel could do. That one angel could destroy a whole city. And Jesus says, I can command and there will be legions. Friends, what is power? Is it to destroy men's life or the ability, the control you have? When you know that you can command legions of angels to kill your enemies, and still, you choose to bless them. What is power? Ask your, Sit down yourself and ask yourself, what is power? You know you could command heaven and earth. You know you could command legions of angels. But yet, you choose to bless those who curse you. What is power? Isn't that where power is? Control. Isn't that what, where power is? Praise God. Beloved, may your heart be renewed. May your heart change. My work is, by the grace of God, to preach this gospel that delivers you out of religion. I love what Jesus says. And that's what my ministry is. That's what my work is. Jesus says, hey, he said, all you who are in religious bondage, he said, come with me. You will recover your life. You will recover your life. Hey, if you follow the messages methodically, that's what's going to happen. All that religion has stolen from you, the gospel will restore it to you. You will recover your life. The life that God gave to you to live and to enjoy is being recovered to you. Praise God. Amen and amen. So don't forget the key point here. Whatever I am today is my spirit. Whatever you are today is your spirit. And of course, don't forget, this is not only being said by me. Even a portion of science is beginning to acknowledge this when they say that 95% of man's experience comes from his subconscious level. Of course, what whatever, whether it doesn't matter whichever title you give it, whether it is spirit, whether it is heart, whether it is subconscious, it just means that whatever happens to man comes from inside of that man. Everybody have their own terms they used to call it. They call it subconscious. If it is sub, that means it is inside, right? It is inside. So whether they call it subconscious, whether we call it spirit, whether we call it soul, whether we call it body, I don't want to go into the division of that. All I'm saying is put all of them together. What a man is outside is what he is on the inside. And man's inside is molded, is molded by words. I can give you example upon example upon example that some of the issues you are dealing with now are things are the way you have been molded i remember a friend of mine who came to me a couple of years ago and a very good brother came to me a couple of years ago i was talking to me about the wife he had a an issue you know to you it might be a little thing but to him it was major and what was that? He was telling me that, you know, that his own way to relax is just to hang out, just to go out, you know, sit down in a place, you know, drink something, eat something, just hang out. And that he wants his wife, he wants to do that with his wife, right? That that's just his own way of relaxing, nothing else. Just go hang out, you know, once in a while, not like every day, you know. And but that in all the ways he has tried to get the wife to do that, that the wife just refuses to do that. And he has tried anything. So at the end, he's he's upset because he ends up hanging out with other people while he would prefer to hang out with his wife. Come on, guys. A guy who is trying to hang out with his wife, isn't, isn't that a good thing? I mean, it's a good thing. 
right? And he's pinning him that he has to do it with somebody else or other people, not his wife. So I asked him, I said, what is your wife's reaction to this matter? What does she say? She said that, oh, now, now, that she's always complaining that, you know, why would they go out and go and spend money and just be spending money? There's no need of going to spending money. So it's not, listen to this carefully. So it's not the hangout that she's ha she has problem with. It is what happens in the hangout that they will spend money. So, and, and he said, I've even told her, okay, even if it's Coke, let's just go drink Coke. And she said, no, instead of spending that money, we can save it. We can use it to do something else. And then suddenly... I asked him, I said, please tell me a little bit about your wife's background. Tell me a little bit about her background. Who are, who are her parents? And he said, okay, oh yeah, by the way, you know, my father-in-law is a teacher. My mother-in-law is a teacher. Okay, so stop. Stop. What does that say to you? What does that say to you? And when I begin to ask what kind of teacher, you can tell, Right. You don't need to be a psychic or something else to understand what the issue here. If you are raised in a house where money is so tight, where you saw the limitations of money, it spoke to you. That experience speaks to you, right? Being a family being raised by the salary of two teachers in Nigeria, and I'm not saying professors, you know, when I say teacher, you know what I'm talking about, right? The salary of two teachers raised in that environment, you know what money means, you know, you know the limitations of money. And whatever you went through in that house, you don't want your children to go through the same thing. So for you, money is something that must be saved and can only be spent because it is absolutely necessary. So what is this response here? Is fear right the issue here is fear of money it's not going out it's fear of money i don't want us to lose please let us save as much as you can now you see when you understand this you find out that it, it, it didn't matter how many how many times you cancel this woman oh your husband is trying to do something nice please just follow him you know he's a good man and stuff like that and you give him 10 fundamental reasons why she should follow uh, 15 biblical verses to help that should encourage her to follow her husband uh, 120 heavenly principles why she must always follow her husband or you start to threaten her uh, if you don't follow your husband other women do in all that you have said, you did not cure the fear in her spirit. How does the word of God replace such fears? You continue to see who you are. You know that you are above money. You know that you can get money. You know that there's no problem with money. You know that, see, the issue here is resolved. Why? The word of God re restores your heart to the fullness where that fear is cured even without you knowing. If the fear is removed, she will flow. It wouldn't be a problem. Praise God. This is a practical living example. And when I start to speak to my friend on this matter, his mouth opened, his eyes opened. But don't forget, he was already getting very frustrated. He was, only get, he was always already getting very angry. Are they Christians? Yes. Were they born again? Yes. Were they talking in tongues? Yes. Did we meet in church? Yes. Friend, I say this to you. I'm giving you a real life example this morning to remind you that some of the stuff you are struggling with today are words that we have spoken to you, either verbal words or words that experience spoke to you. It conditioned who you are on the inside 
to read the word. It's like you are reading the word with a broken glass. It's like you're reading the word with a broken glass. You are looking at the word with a broken mirror. And that mirror is changing your view of the word. This affects every aspect of our life, whether it is relationship, whether it is finances, whether it is anything. Beloved, that's why I say, look, the only thing that holds a man and gives that man a new life is that all of this issue, everybody listening to me now, there's nobody who your experience did not speak to you. Nobody. There's nobody. Words were said to you. Teacher says something to you. The environment you live says something to you. They spoke to you about God in a particular way. Those things is what is, runs a man on the inside. That is why we have to methodically allow the word of God to wash out all these lies, all these half-truths, all these speculations, all this darkness as we listen over and over again. The truth of the word of God washes us clean. When you stop being afraid of marriage because of what you saw, the way your mom treated your dad, the way your dad treated your mom, or the way your neighbors fought and tried to kill each other today, you are afraid. you want to marry, but deep down inside, you are afraid of marriage. Beloved, the resolution comes as the word of God washes us clean out of those fears, out of those limitations, out of those always thinking something bad will happen, washing you out. Did you know today there are people when, if something good is happening around you, right? Or something is going good. You start to worry because it will go bad. Where is that coming from? It's coming from inside of you. Friend, listen to me. This is why I tell you that in the New Testament, deliverance is preached. Why? When the truth of the word of God comes, it washes us clean. This morning, I prophesy over you. May you be completely washed. Whatever has limited you, whatever has stopped you in any aspect of your life, may these words bring absolute, perfect, and complete deliverance in the name of Jesus. That means you are now being born and born again in those specific areas. Amen and amen and amen. Beloved, please. Help me share the good news this morning to friends, family. If you have any question, please do get back to me and let me help you. Let me help guide you in any way that I can. Take some time and enjoy your weekend. And don't forget, this morning you have been served. Shalom.